Welcome, everyone. Season 2, Episode 3, Master Keys Podcast. Mm-hmm. You are listening to Neil Andrino and... Chandler Halliburton. Did my phone just beep? I'm going to turn this off. Yeah, Come on, Chandler. Someone, uh, a loyal listener, offered uh, to hook me up with his key, too. He says it's still in mint condition in case I need a backup. Shout out, Christian. A what? Sorry? Uh, a key, too? This Which, is this is this edition of the BlackBerry. This gets a lot of traction online as my BlackBerry usage, and people are very concerned. Thanks for writing in about the fact that BlackBerry is discontinuing some of the services for some of their <laughs> older models. My phone still works, so everyone, it's okay. Appreciate the concern. No but Chandler still has to phone. walk around with a backpack with a friggin' antenna out of it. <laughs> um, but you 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 can't get to um, you can't get to like new phones. So this guy's got uh, one. I don't know how he scored it, but I might have to pay for it. There's a black market <laughs> for Blackberries. Yeah. Though uh, the company that's been supplying them has said that they are going to be releasing a new model. So anyway. Oh, fancy. Maybe we'll have a touchscreen. Um, so anyways, thanks for tuning in. Master Keys podcast. Getting a big eye roll here. Uh, today we're going to be talking about making your first 10 grand or your first down payment. Um, some of the things that we did and some ideas that we have that are kind of, I think, more relevant today maybe than when we started. Um, yeah. And and then obviously go over the standard news and kind of an update on what we're up to. Um, so with that, let's get started. Maybe I'll start with a little update on where I'm at. Um, no new transactions for me. I'm still working through a six unit in the area that I like to buy. Um, I've in that same area, which is Spryfield, a few buildings have come on market and gone for big numbers uh, mm. for that neighborhood and it's definitely going to change things because once that happens the off-market deals become harder to find because most other landlords are aware at least of the public transactions that are taking place yeah so there's a few that are pending sale right now that i'm very curious to see how they firm up because i think it might be the start of the end for me in spryfield i think this might be my last building because now i at these new prices that they're trading at unrenovated on market it's it's no longer feasible to make money in my opinion and, and kind of get the lift that you need to grow forward um they're still good investments um but they're not like an active yeah, it's just a different play, play right exactly like that you you're lifting to break even kind of um or to recover your renovation costs but not your initial investment which is like the awesome thing is when you can recover your initial investment as well yeah um for context what were those listed at price per door uh roughly 150 a door for unrenovated and then fully renovated at two twenty five to two forty a door, um, and they're both pending sale. Yeah, and I would say the renovation quality, from what I could tell from photos, was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one that was unrenovated, I went through it. It was a nice standardized building, all two bedroom units. Um, but again, one one fifty a door plus is a little scary, I think, for being able to get a lift. But again, as an investment, if you think you can get your rents, you can definitely get the two bedrooms up over a thousand bucks with minor renovation. So then you're going to cash flow, which is, which is nice, right? Mm-hmm. Usually it's $500 of rent equals a hundred thousand dollars of value. So if you're getting a thousand bucks a month and you're paying under 200 a door, you should have a bit of value there uh, to get some cash flow out of it, even without having to go too crazy with the renos. Yeah. I mean, like I, we talked about sort of before um, the world's rapidly changing around us. So it's kind of all like trying to figure out how to navigate this new uh, environment that we're in. And my concern with that sort of stuff is, the first thing you said was like, well, if you can get the rents up, right? Like, and that's the other thing. 
so, how do you get the rent up without renovating the units? Yeah, yeah. So you're putting a big outlay of cash up front, and these things have to appraise, which they're, those numbers are reachable, but they're not a slam dunk. Yeah. Um, you know, so they got to appraise. You got to put a big chunk down. Um, if you're renovating them too, like, or if you're not renovating, I don't know, man, it, it's, it's going to be hard to get the money out, but, um, a lot of people are new to the market. They've got cash, they've got backers, they want a place. It's a lot of young guys in there. A lot of young guys, like uh, every place that I show up, it's like, there's a young guy that's around, I don't know, late twenties. Yeah. And then there's some older gentleman who looks like, you know, 30 years older, right? Yeah. Presumably a father, uncle, um, that partner sense, yeah yeah that's very very common i would say yeah. a lot of the guys looking at these, it was the same for this building they have uh, a family member that's involved that's going to be helping them get into it and i've been seeing that with a lot of these buildings is a family member whether it be like you said a father or an uncle or someone that they know that does the investing that's willing to kind of be involved as an equity partner and give them some cash up front to help them get into it and get started mm-hmm. and they're they're full of piss and vinegar so they're going to get the work done get them their lift get them the refine kind of roll forward with it which is it's becoming more and more of a requirement because the pricing is getting to be more and more intense. Yeah. Um, and it's becoming more difficult even to make money on single families like we've talked about before. Yeah. So I was saying this to a few of my clients. I feel like we're having, like you see it in Alberta, everything trades for a set price. Everything's 200 a door. And so I feel like we're going there now with some of our things. Like everything is kind of all over the map. Like you see people closing deals at 70 a door, 150 door 250 door like it's kind of crazy yeah. i think we're going to start to have more stabilized like all of our um let's say lower income areas it's instead of it now being 100 a door it's just going to average out of like 170 a door everyone's going to be kind of knowing that that becomes the value i mean that seems like a stretch my man it That's... does but then at the end of the day like you think everyone's gonna get their rents to about a thousand bucks a month now like you can How you can rent anything Exactly. Well, the rent controls need to change. I understand that. That's so, the one thing. But then on the flip side is there's always someone willing to pay that's coming from out of town. That's the bigger issue. Exactly. So that's what's going to do it in the short term. And in the long term, the rent will just kind of also stabilize at around nine ninety five for the, the cheapest units. And that gives you those one seventy two hundred door valuations. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of people reading the news on the market appreciation and not reading any of the news on the tenancy laws <laughs> because why you would come from Oda province to be like, yeah, let's do it and not really grasp the challenges associated with turning these properties over. is surprising me, but like whatever the headline is that the prices are going up. But I think the value increases right now has allowed everyone to look past it because even some of my clients who already own a bunch of units here don't even really know or understand the tenancy laws. So I think it's a mixture of like, we're still making money and everyone's so busy and focused on acquiring things that they're not paying attention to it. And additionally, I think they're not doing a great job of making it super clear and concise and in one oh, location. No kidding. Like, like you, you called me the other day because you couldn't find it, nor could I. And the only reason that we had the info at our place was my property manager called Tenancy Board and got it all broken out. But he also called them a few weeks ago. Got and a different an- answer. Got probably. a different answer. Yeah, of course. So this is the problem. And so he's been calling every week to get an update. And now there's supposed to be a form coming out. But I don't think anyone knows. Like, I haven't seen anywhere online the, that there's supposed to be a form coming out, but they, if you call them, they'll tell you that there's a form coming out. That yeah, you and need that, to that use. form will be about um, giving notice to a tenant for the purpose of renovation. Um, it's funny, I talked to an investor in Winnipeg and she was telling me a bit about, because we're sort of comparing tenancy law um, or tenancy rules, whatever you want to call it. And in Winnipeg, they've got a couple of really cool things. One, there's this thing called the orders. Mm -hmm. which is a database that both tenants and landlords can search to see if there have been any orders against a particular tenant. 
um, i.e., mm-hmm. you know, deposit disputes, um, you know, evictions, late payments that have been registered, yep. or, you know, offenses on the part of the landlord. Yep. And so they've got that amazing system. Everyone here clamors for the landlord registry. Bring yep. it on as long as it means there's a tenant registry as, t- as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the other thing they've got there is that you're only subject to rent control if you fall below a certain price point. I can't remember what she said it was. It'd be like, if you're under 980, you are a low income rent controlled unit. But if you're above it, it's not rent control. So you can do whatever you want, which is kind of of counterintuitive because like if you'd given someone a discount in the past, um, you know, maybe you've kept a rent artificially low at 950, even though it's nice enough to be a higher rent unit. Um, so there's obviously some nuance into that, but in a weird way, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, it kind of does make sense because some of these neighborhoods and some of these buildings have been, you know, historically one thing. And then it's now a problem where people come and change them to a different type of product, C class to B class or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just a different, people are like different regions, obviously are doing things differently, but they, with that order system, especially, I'm like, man, bring that on here. That'd be amazing. Yeah, the order definitely. Again, the rent control at different levels sort of makes sense, but then it also kind of feeds into this idea of like these slums where right now it's I like, know. okay, like you can operate a building that's old if you got it for really cheap and you're getting your 900 bucks a month, but it starts to perpetuate really bad. Like we were uh, watching a show last night about how, because they've had rent control in places like New York for a long time, and this lady can't leave her two-bedroom apartment because she's in for 1300 bucks. And they're releasing them for thirty eight hundred. Yeah, but she's in a rent controlled unit, so she's not leaving. Mm-hmm. But like, I was like, okay, there is a difference where it's like rent's gone up triple. They've been there for whatever thirty years, um, and it, if her and all the other tenants stayed in that building, I bet you once he pays his property tax insurance, like just the basics of operating, oh, yeah, he'd be screwed. He would be screwed. And yeah. so it, it's only the fact that the rest of the units have turned over that that building can keep operating. Um, but it, it can cause a real issue and you wouldn't be able to do the maintenance and the building would end up defaulting and then nobody's got a place to live. Yeah. Uh, so it, it just, I saw that and I was like, that shows that what happens over time. Uh, she's been getting her little 20, cause she said she moved in at like their family moved in at $900 and now it's 1300. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just been the incremental like rent controlled bumps. Also it's like, man, if you could <clears> afford $900 30 years ago, well, oh, she, she knew she swing the extra rent. She could swing a further rent, not necessarily 3,800, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. more rent. Um, Neither here nor there, but yeah, it's uh, and then I know that the housing uh, department was looking at all the renovations that that commission set up, uh, and they're implementing, I think, a bunch of them, and that's why some of this news is still coming down the pipe. Um, interestingly, it's like, yeah, one of the things the commission said was that rent control doesn't work, and that's like the one that they're just continuing to drag continuing on to do no matter what. Um, the other thing that this woman mentioned, um, that is commonplace, or if not commonplace, but it's a strategy that some landlords take. Um, in her area was that they would offer rebates. So the rent is 1500, but Mm. you get a rebate for the following a hundred dollars off for this $50 off for that $50 off for that. So a hundred dollars off your rent for paying on time each month, $50 off for Uh, sorting your garbage and $50 off for mowing the lawn. Yeah. Right. As a result, the rent you pay is 1300. Yeah. The actual rent is 1500 and there the removal of something like a utility or whatever from the lease is not considered a rental increase. So you could remove some of these rebates over time and that makes you not subject to some of these rent control things. But, yeah. You're also um, seeing amenity fees and your parking broken out in a lot of buildings. Totally. Now. A lot of new construction never, buildings. Yeah. I'm never renting parking 
with a unit again, not renting storage lockers with units. It's going to be separate. Yeah, even if you give it as an incentive, it needs yeah. to be separate. Totally. Yeah. Because um, yeah. that way it's like, well, you know, rent can only go up 2%, but the locker fee is going up 50 bucks. Yeah. The um, the other thing I want to mention just well, like when we were talking about what I'm doing right now, and we were talking about this before the mice got turned on, but with these rules changing, uh, I'm obviously getting prepared, and you are too, to renovate a fair number of units. Yeah. Um, so I have around 45 or 50 that I'm going to have to start doing my renovation on. And when we're getting to that point of bulk ordering, I'm starting to look at doing direct supply. Yeah, this is super interesting. I mean, once you get this figured out, I'd love to do a whole episode on this because I'm obsessed with this idea. Yeah. Oh, this thing messes me up when it's not the right date. I'm changing the calendar here in studio for people who listen and don't watch. Yeah. <laughs> you good? Is that right? All right, there. All right. I want it to be accurate when it we comes to We got a little distracted, sorry. So anyways, but I'm doing direct supply, which I mean, I'm not doing direct, direct. I'm still using a broker to do it, uh, and I haven't finalized all the orders. But this kind of came to be because material costs have gone up so, so, so much. Um, we first like went to go order exterior lights that go on the buildings and we were like bulk ordering them from a local supplier paying about 50 bucks a light last year. Mm-hmm. We just got another quote and now they're 99 99. So they're double. They're a hundred bucks. Same lights. And how many lights you put on a building? Um, depends on the building between like eight to 10. Really that many? Eh? Yeah. I like to have them all the way around. Just, I find having some lights on, it yeah, makes yeah. a huge difference in the way the building looks. Totally. Uh, and also people messing with cars and yeah, garbage yeah. laying around. Like it just, it adds to it. And like yeah, that's a good point. the neighborhood, they look sharp when you have some nice little led lights yeah. on all the exterior. Anyways. Um, so that's a double price. And that became like 10 grand for lights. And I was like, okay, this is actually kind of serious. Um, so just quickly went on Alibaba and looked up exterior wall lights and found the exact same. It's a little slightly different, but exact same dimensions, same pewter finish, same lights that go in it, um, just slightly different style. And they're $5.80 each. So it went yeah. from $99.99 to $5.80 each. And I was just like, on $100, i am saving $940 or $9,400 on the 100 that I'm going to order. So now it starts to be like, okay, wait a second. What else should I be doing? Uh, and I've also found out a lot of large developers are doing the same in the city where they're ordering their uh, a lot of their bathroom supplies, their full kitchens, their cords, their flooring, yeah. their countertops. Everything is coming direct. And I always wanted to do everything locally, but it's getting to a point where it's hard to do so. Like the pricing mm-hmm. is so insane. Um, and fortunately now with the internet, it's quite easy to get direct connection. And if there's a language barrier, there's tons of brokers. Like That's a big business. There's a lot of brokers that offer the basically translation service to get it sorted out. And you feel less guilty when you realize that the people you're buying from locally are ordering it from there anyway. This is, this right? is the thing. So, I was just like, so I was telling you these lights, when you order them, you can put on there, you can change the name on the box. You can change like all the other specifications, what's written on there and everything. So like all these, all these big companies, that's what they're doing at the end of the day is they're going to suppliers in China and getting their brand, whatever, what is it, Hampton Bay? Is that Kent's mm-hmm. brand or Home Depot's brand? Now, yeah. yeah, so Hampton Bay, all that is, is Alibaba. Uh, or an equivalent. Yeah. yeah, exactly, or an equivalent. And they're just getting the Hampton Bay put on there, certain colors and all that, and they can have it all printed and sent here. You can even have the metal etched with the Hampton Bay or whatever you want, and it's like an extra 50 cents a thing. Like it works out. So if you go it's full, insane. if you get the full package, you're in for like $7 a light. Um and so that's like, I was like, you know what? I can't be doing that. So on the same note, I actually also contacted a local company here that does the brokering and they're going to do my kitchens. 
Um, and I'm not 100% yet. Um, and if, if that, one, kitchen, that one makes me nervous. That one makes me nervous yeah. too. And if my kitchen supplier is listening, like it's not, it's not, uh, it's nothing against his kitchens are amazing. He's done me <laughs> unreal. But the problem is it just comes down to like pure pricing. At the end of the day, the building costs, yeah. I'm paying double for these buildings now, plus double for the, for the renovations. Uh, additionally with all the rent problems that were taking place, it's hard to start actually being able to get a lift out of these and move forward. Um, and so it's looking like the kitchens and courts will come in to be about 50% of the cost. So in the savings of three to $4,000 a unit um, on kitchens and courts, which again, you multiply out by the 50 units I'm looking to do, that's another 200,000 bucks that can be saved. And so my thing is even a few of the kitchen doors fall off and or other things break, a couple hundred grand will cover the cost of me having to replace a few kitchens here and there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? and again, it's um, comparable in a lot of respects to the materials you're getting here anyway. Um, yeah. The one that, thing that concerns me about the kitchens is even when you're in a building where you're like, all right, all these units are the same. Man, when you start putting those kitchens in, you're like, how come this opening here is like an inch smaller in this kitchen than in that kitchen? 100%. Right? So you do have to... I've not used them know. in my house, and I wouldn't use them if I was building single-family homes, but in a rental place where the cabinets are probably going to have to be replaced in 15 years anyways, they're going to get ripped off the walls. They get beat up. Like, they're going to get beat up. They're going to get yeah. destroyed, and, like, the styles are going to start to fade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're going to have to do... Or your rents are going to drop, like, it's one or the other. Then I'm okay to do it. And like I was telling you, I did have some... Uh, I'll say uh, overseas kitchens installed in one of my first triplexes. And the biggest problem I had was all the doors ripped off because the hinges were just garbage. Mm. And this supplier, what they've done now is they still build all the cabinets and everything there, but they put in North American hinges. So there's a local company that builds and makes the hinges in North America, Bloom. Um, and they use those because they're really nice. They're soft closed, they're strong and all that. So then you don't have that issue. Yeah, That was like the one issue that everyone had. And they now fix that. And so you're seeing it in a lot of new high-end luxury buildings that people are paying four or 5000 bucks a month for an apartment. They have these same cabinets and kitchens and, and yeah, Which is, is also like an interesting little thing to, to take away from like, you know, learning, like emulate what other people are doing. Like you find out that these big developers are banging out these buildings. And I remember hearing about this a while ago when all these apartment builders we're going over to Asia and loading up crates full of granite and stuff like that mm-hmm. to do all the countertops the exact same. And it's like, yeah, does it really make sense to go over there, order it all, ship it back here? It can't actually make a difference, but it does significantly reduce the price when you're doing a high volume of stuff. High volume. And again, I, th- I don't necessarily think it did a ton before. Um, I think it's starting to make a little bit more sense now. Mm-hmm. Because when I looked at it originally a few years back, the price difference wasn't enough for me to take the risk. It was yeah, like a thousand dollars. That's the, the thing. Like I, I've I've thought about this many times, and the risk of it, you know, them coming in damaged, them not being great, them being delayed. Yeah, you know, that's my biggest concern. The delay. Yeah. <laughs> stuck in the canal. <laughs> Neil's over there with the shovel, shoveling <laughs> the canal. I need my kitchen's back. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've had that concern, and so I'm probably not going to do all fifty or off the hop, but I am probably going to order a package of like six or twelve of them and just see yeah. how that goes. Like one container full, see if I like it. Um, and it's funny, like they can offer like the specification changes you can make too, because if you want extra thick quartz, like they can do it where they cut it and then they put the quartz on an angle. So it looks like you have three yeah, inches yeah, of quartz yeah. and they'll do all of that. Uh, and it's like so cheap. Like here, if you yeah, want to yeah. get a waterfall Edge countertop, yourself, yeah. it's insanely expensive. And then if you do it from them, it's like, oh, it's an extra 75 bucks. Like, like yeah. I can do waterfall countertops for $75. Like sure yeah. here, it's, it'd be like $7,500 for a freaking island. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so... Um, the other big thing is having good installers on this end. So I'm sure a lot of my guys, I might get some, I know I ordered flooring. I did do flooring from China once and my flooring installer 
he had to increase his bill. <laughs> he said, look, <laughs> he walked I, off. Yeah. He, walked he, off the he, he cursed and swear. Yeah. And he said, fine, I'll install it. Uh, and then he got into it and he's like, I have to increase my, my labor rate. He's like, I'm, it's taking me 50% longer because of the clip click mechanism that they use must be cheaper to produce, yeah. uh, is a lot more difficult to install. It's funny because I remember someone was shopping me some like, Hey, you like, want some click flooring? Man, I got a, I got a lead on like a guy who got some click flooring and it's like, you 29 know, 29 cents. Oh man. It was like so cheap. I'm like, yeah. I don't know, like you get one color selection mm-hmm. and it doesn't go down well. I'm like, no, man, I'm, I'm good. Paying a little bit extra. But see now, so that's, it was the same for me. They only had the one color, so I bought it all. Um, <laughs> but but on the flip side, now that I want to order direct from them, yeah, they gave me a binder. I, not, I swear to God, it must have 600 colors to choose from because they're just printing them. Like yeah. they just printed on the flooring. So they had literally sent me a binder with 600 different flooring. It was overwhelming. I was like, can we just narrow this down to three? Like, yeah. Well, the problem like, um, and it's funny, we were joking about this before I got on. I forgot that we were recording today. So I was <laughs> like the first two episodes of this season, I'm like in sweatpants, totally tired, just long ragged day. But I spent a lot of today picking out flooring and going with the luxury vinyl plank. But my biggest concern is always that clicking mechanism. Yeah. Right. Like I'm choosing the flooring specifically based on the click. Yeah. Um, because man, that stuff is great until it doesn't go down well and or until it starts coming up. It's a pain after that. So. I've had no issue with the stuff that I've been buying. Uh, shout out Happy Harry's. They've uh, they've been the bomb for giving yeah. me good stuff and I've never had any of them come apart and I've had no issues with finishes. Like their finishes, that's the other thing. You want to yeah. make sure your wear layer man, is vinyl, really good. The vinyl stuff is, yeah, man. it's bulletproof. It's crazy. You can sit yeah. in water for like six months and it's still fine. Like yeah. I have in some entranceways that I swear to God have been permanently wet since I've owned the building. And the flooring is fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great product for sure. And uh, yeah, it's funny. I actually I use Happy Harry for those as well. Because yeah. um, you can go in there and you can see the product and you can see how the clicking mechanism works and they're good prices. And um, but Use use our code, uh, uh, master yeah, keys. Yeah, no, at, at man. we got to start getting at some the cash register. Stuff. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> to get nothing, no percent off and a really weird look from the, yeah. the lady at the cash. Tell Carl we sent you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, that's exciting, man. I, I'm uh, I'm excited for you to be the guinea pig on that. And if it works out well, then I will do it also. This is, this um, but you can everything. try it for me. <laughs> um, the, you know, there's just these little things like, okay, if they're going to cut the sink, like to making sure it's in the exact right spot. Yeah. And you don't have to afterwards muck around with it. Right. Because, you know, you can fudge some things, but there's <laughs> like an angle. <laughs> well, there's nothing worse than a piece of quartz that's like an inch short. And then you're like that you've got that gap between the wall. Like I've seen like some bad flips over the years. What silicone's for? Oh my God. <laughs> nice bead of silicone. You've seen there's a product for this. I actually had this issue once before with my China stuff and um, they make like these little foam strips. You can buy them from Home Depot. You stick the foam strip in and it's designed to hold the silicone up when it's like a really thick bead because like, otherwise you're never going to be able to like every time you put the silicone in, it's, it's just going to fall through the crack. So you put this piece of foam in there and then you put the silicone on top of the foam. This guy. And, and then it just covers up. It's perfect. You can even get stuff to color the silicone. So like you use white and mm-hmm. then you can like dab stuff on it to make it just blend in like the countertop. Mm-hmm. All, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that looked really good. To all the frugal good. listeners out there, I'm telling you, it's a great way to get by sometimes as the as the food collects in the sticky <laughs> silicone. We're going to change this to just a Let's, renovation tip uh, yeah. podcast featuring Neil. <laughs> Neil's tips. Yeah. Um, um, no, what do you, what do you got going on? Anything else? It's, uh, um, any flooded basements recently? We had some crappy weather again. No. Uh, so the, uh, we got the furnace in. The oh, furnace? at your house? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that. So ended up having to get, I, I can't remember what we talked about the last time cause it's half asleep. Um, but we ended up getting 
the furnace. They had to like spec build it based on the size of the home and the old cast iron rads. And um, it's 670 pounds for just like the chamber, right? Because inside the the metal box that you see is the actual combustion chamber or something. I don't know. And so we had to go and pick it up in pug wash because like, yeah, we'll deliver it next time we're down there. I'm like, I'm freezing here, man. (laughs) Um, So we went through it on my dad's trailer, whatever you call it, dragged back here. And then we've got this 700 pound. They had to forklift it off. They had forklift it on, forklift it off. Yeah. How'd you get in your house? Boom truck. No, you didn't. Six hundred dollar boom truck. Oh, okay, had to come and swing it. Like like you have to swing into the. Well, I'm like, how are you going to boom it through the door? But they kind of like angled it, and then like had to build a ramp. So like boomed it onto a ramp and got it down. Um, and then uh, yeah, we got it in. So I have heat. Congrats! That's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting, man. Moving on up. I thought for um, sure you're going to get the kids and the whole fam lifting that thing in. Well, man. Um, yeah, like it was so small looking in the end. Like, I mean, this thing, jeepers, like <laughs> heavy. Um, so got that done. Also put another heat pump in, uh, which was something we were doing anyway. Just kind of rushed it in order to to get that heat. Um, got two of the units in that eight unit that I closed on a little while ago all demoed out. So super pumped and have been choosing my selections, kitchens. I kind of like that aspect of the whole thing. We've talked about this before. I like the creative aspect of like picking out you know, counters and flooring and paint and all this, man. I yes. love that stuff. I hate it. Really? I freaking love that, man. Give me that booklet. I'll pick up the flooring. I, this is love that stuff. Sh- I'm going to keep shouting out Josh. Shout out Josh. I just give him all the booklets and everything and he picks everything. Yeah. It stresses um, me out. I, I am a bad chooser and I'm just like, yeah, I don't also can't match colors. Like I'm even, I'm trying to do my house right now and it's the most overwhelming thing in the world. And I'm just now hiring bird. I'm just getting, Charlotte and Bird, like the designer and Bird to just, the Bird's a plumbing supplier uh, and material supplier. And then Charlotte's a designer, Charlotte Interiors. She's really good. Anyways, the two of them are just connecting and just getting a list and getting all the products because for me, I went to a couple stores, got super stressed out, overwhelmed and frustrated that I couldn't find what I wanted within about 30 minutes and I couldn't do it. Yeah, it can get overwhelming for sure. And you know what? We also probably stick to the pretty basic stuff. It'd be, it's a lot harder when you're doing something for your own home. Like I'm like, all right, these are, you know, fine and they're replicable and they're on trend. But yeah. when you're doing your own space and you're like, well, I want it to be on trend, but not the same thing you see in every person's house. Yeah. That's why it's so hard to pick up wallpaper, man. That's the hardest one of all. But um, yeah, so doing that, the market's starting to ratchet back up. I lost a bid today. We were one of 44 offers. Oh, 44? 44. Where? Offers. Which one? Uh, it was in like Portland Hills. It was a. Was it Alpine? Yeah. 44? Yeah. Okay, well, I lost a bid today, and we were one of 30. Where's that? The Sackville. So, Alpine, lovely house, you know. 44? Relatively un-extra, not extraordinary. It was a bungalow, 19 years old, original finishes, and there were 44 bids on my it. My guy wrote on that. Like my, yeah. so I was the lead yeah. that I passed off. No way, 44. So, it yeah. went for, it was up for 540, so it probably went, what, 800? Uh, I mean, it started with a 7, I'd say. Yeah, that's getting to be a bit psycho. Well, that was that was priced too low. Even for like price low to drive up business. Anyway. Um, so Market is insane. Things need to change. Things need to change. But on the flip side to that, and this is something I want to talk about, it's the interest rates. We've kind of mentioned it a few times. There's a few things that are going on right now in the general news. I just see here supermarket shelves empty. This is also look, one of Neil's my, things that he goes on about my, all the time. My general news. Everybody, if you haven't heard me scream about it in every single episode, interest rates, inflation, 
and soup supermarkets are empty. So what the hell it is, is going factual, on? It is factual, man. Like I know Neil sounds like a lunatic whenever he goes on about the empty shelves. Yes. But even people are now posting about it on like my Facebook, like I was at the grocery store today and there's nothing on the shelves. It's like, it, yeah, man. It's getting to a point like, where it's going to be something weird. something going on. Well, here's the other thing. The restaurants aren't consuming it. So, I mean, there's also the aspect of where restaurants aren't open as much. People are cooking a bit more at home. But restaurants are a giant consumer of groceries in general. Like, the restaurant supply is a huge part of the consumption. And that's not taking place right now. Mm -hmm. And the supermarkets are empty. Like, and it's also getting to a point where, like, we've been all kind of squeaking by. Like, it hasn't been, like, a huge freak out for anybody because you've still been able to get what you need. Mm -hmm. But now, like, I was in there the other night. And I'm like, if I, like, I, I... wanted baby carrots but they didn't have any and i was like but all right whatever i'll get but the regular size carrots i'll get down, exactly guess. but like but it's slowly getting to a point where you're gonna go and you're like there's just the only produce today is asparagus like that just your, flips over the produce table my <laughs> like, goddamn baby carrots <laughs> what is this shit but no like but like in all seriousness like it's same with yeah. the meat in the meat there's section go- yeah there was like one broken package of like chicken thighs and there was nothing else and i was like this like at some point, you the point where we're gonna all gonna be standing here. There's gonna be ten of us standing here, and that's gonna be the only package of chicken thighs. Then yeah. what do we do? Well, Is since since COVID started, we've been doing this um, thing where like you order ahead and then you just go pick it up. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, and they'll do like replacements if like all right, what your what you want isn't in. Yeah, but we've got something similar. We're gonna replace it. Yeah, organic, low fat, no sodium, and you're like, fuck this. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> no. Um, it's getting to the point where 33 percent of the stuff of our recent order was not available and yeah. had to be replaced. Yeah. And it was like things that like, what do you mean you don't have that? Right. Yeah. Like, um, so it, I don't know. It's, it's, and, and no, I like, I don't, under, it, I don't know why I'm the only one that's panicked. Like why is no one else? When I went to the superstore the other night, I had a freak out. Like that seems so sketchy that there's no, like anyone think back through your entire brain. Has there ever been a time that you went into the grocery store and it was like empty like it is now? Yes, I know on Christmas Eve, it's a little bit barren, but it's never even no, this man, empty. No, it's, it's, it is The only um, time I can think noticeable. of this is when I see these pictures yeah. of like the Great Depression where people are outside begging for bread. Well, remember we like, had Igor on and he talked about how um, in Ukraine or the former USSR, people would line up at a store just because they heard they might be getting something. That's, this is not like, you know, not anything particular, but something. And, and the prices. Yeah. Like what yeah. the hell? That's what I mean. That's, yeah, people are line, like this. Is what it's gonna be? We're gonna have people lining up to get something, and the something's gonna be way more pricey than it ever was. And because they can, they can, they can literally. Yeah, it's gonna be like okay, we're completely sold out of it. Pretty much everything at this point. We're now getting Oreos, and they used to be two ninety nine a box. But because there's a hundred you guys standing outside, they're six ninety nine a box. I, I think, and people can individually do what they want to do, but from a business's standpoint, and from a government standpoint. I think we should be being more frugal right now and no one seems to be doing, people are just like made so much money last year, right? Like, cause I know a lot of people had a very difficult year. A lot of other people had a lot of money coming in mm-hmm. and they're spending like they had a lot of money coming in. And I don't know, we see it firsthand because we know that the number of transactions are going to be down. So think about that 44 offers on that property. Yeah. Right. One person got it. Yeah. So that means 43 agents did the work and didn't get paid. So they're not eating. Right. Like um, there's going to be a, a shrink in the number of transactions and that's going to go for everything. Like if they don't have that produce, they are not selling that produce. That's what, this is my, this is my right? whole thing. This yeah. is where I'm like, everyone's like, what's going to cause a recession? I'm like, I understand consumption is up, 
But if the stuff is not there to be consumed, yeah, yeah. I don't care what's happening. People aren't going to like people might start pre-ordering stuff. And then you get the stagflation because people are going to be unemployed and mm-hmm. prices are going to be going up. Yeah. Right. That's, Everyone in sales, like all the car yeah. salespeople, like there's going to be no positions. Even like superstores, superstores hours are going to start to reduce because like you don't need, well, they already are reduced. They used to be 24 hours. Now they're like 12 hours. You're not going to need 12 hours to sell 16 pieces of fucking bananas. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's it, pieces it, of bananas. Look, they're my, actually sold and separate bundles of bananas. I meant pieces, bundles <laughs> of bananas. True, yeah. But you get my point. You know what I'm saying? My point is like if they, they don't have that much stuff, like they're just not going to need the people to do it. And I mean, yeah. doubling down with the technology now, you can do other things to offer stuff as well. Um, but it's like, like they'll go down to, instead of having, they have 40 cash registers. They'll have like four open and the self checkout. So anyways, mm-hmm. all these things are kind of doing, I know I scream that it was me Christmas time. It's looking like it's a little bit after Christmas, but I still think that there's a, something serious going to change here. What do you think is causing it? And what are they going to be the ramifications? I mean, uh, obviously increasing prices mm-hmm. have to be the ramifications, but. Well, I mean, the trigger I think started with COVID shut down things across the planet. So every place yeah. had a little trigger effect where they all stopped and had their moment. Um, combined with, like you said, there's the increased consumption because the people that were making money were making more money, which forced inc- consumption. And additionally, a lot of people that were out of work got... So what's happening is, is a lot of people that were out of work um, due to all the shutdowns now got a bunch of money from government subsidies, effectively what took place. Mm-hmm. They're now spending that money uh, and they a lot of people got as much or more or made more money because of between government subsidies and part-time work and stuff like that. It actually added up to be more <clears> than what they were doing. Plus, they have a lot more free time. Like when you're at home, you you eat more, uh, you you shop more online for different yeah. things. Uh, you're more likely to go out. Okay, in the evenings now, you're more likely to go mini putting because you've been at home all day and you're bored. Even Versus, if you shift the loss of what you'd consume at a restaurant and then move that to exactly. increased demand at the superstores, yeah. So you you have all of those things taking place, but now a lot of people were out of work and not actually working. So you had a massive cash injection, and then additionally, a good portion of the general consumer spent that money. So it ends up getting re adjusted and sent basically up to the top 1%, which everyone gets that's upset about. Walmart and Amazon were just crushing it through Exactly, and that's why yeah. your billionaire's list has grown faster than ever before because a lot of people in any sort of product, everyone's in sales and on that list at the end of the day, they sell some sort of product. They've sold more than they ever have before, so they, the wealth gets redistributed up again. So now you had less production because people weren't working and more consumption. So then then you have all the issues on the shipping side of things that, that get mixed into that into that pot. So you, like you put all that in there and then you have the inflation that comes with all the new money. Like you start stacking all of these items, like it's gonna have an explosive effect at mm-hmm. some point. It's gonna give and again, the people that are gonna get hurt are the general consumer. Because now okay, so now the general consumer's probably burnt through a good majority of the government money that they got. They're back to their original position or lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, all their interest are, are, <clears throat> is increasing. Every right single product the that they carry, whether it be credit card, uh, car loan, line of credit, mortgages, all those are going to increase. Uh, and then additionally, the um, inflation, everything's going to cost a bit more. Mm-hmm. So now they lose a couple hundred dollars a month of income. They're spending a couple hundred dollars a month extra on in interest, plus everything's inflated in price. And additionally, those interest rates, that impacts the big guys too. So when Superstore borrows their money to run their Superstore, everything if, it, if their interest rate goes up on 2% on their $5 billion that they have loaned, that 2% is going to go across the board on everything they sell. Right, so like it's yep. a double, it's yep. a double down effect that you're going to start seeing, uh, and you're seeing massive, massive amounts of inflation and rates. Like, so we talked about uh, last time CMHC is offering all these new rental, um, new mortgages and stuff like that, fifty year AMS, uh, new programs. They're doing that because they know what's coming down the pipe. If they don't do that, there's going to be a lot of rental people that are going to get screwed. 
they're doing 50 year AMs because they know rates are going up. Mm -hmm. And if they don't offer you a 50 year AM, you're you're going to default on your building. And all of these things, I mean, I I think there's what's in the pipeline is going to continue to rip through the pipeline. And then I think construction is going to flatten off big time. And that's the other thing. Like right now, construction across North America is a big boom that's yeah. holding a lot of people. But and a lot of people are making lots of money. Totally. There's a ton of people being employed by that. There's a ton of people, like I've said before. there's a lot of government spending too. So a lot of it's infrastructure based. Like we are writing checks here, like he, left and right. States too. It's they just insane. signed a multi-trillion dollar infrastructure thing. That's their whole yeah. thing is put the money in through infrastructure, which is a better way to spend it versus just sending $800 a month out to everybody. Yeah, totally. Infrastructure yeah. is a better way of doing it. But additionally, yeah. same thing. Those projects eventually do but dry doing up. both also too. Exactly. They're writing the checks for infrastructure and just handing out these bills. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And, and then not in being our, able to get your banana pieces might be more concerning than you think. Not, can I have a piece of banana? <laughs> That's what it's going to come to. <laughs> <laughs> not the whole thing. I don't want the whole thing. Just give me this peeled off string from the side. I just want to eat those. <laughs> Nobody wants those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, on that uh, cheery note, um, <laughs> What else we have here? I guess that's all stuff we talked about. One of these days, we're, we're, we're ranting. I like, we just love a rant episode. I just, we just I went off there. I got a little fired ESG. up. Yeah, you've right. been saying this. Let if me some hear people it. just... What is ESG? ESG is going to become effectively a new wokeness credit rating that corporations and eventually people will get. Is wokeness a word? Yes. Yeah. It's the okay. I'm getting all nuts. All right. <laughs> I'm, apparently, I'm not woke. So ESG, the acronym is Environmental Social Governance, if I recall correctly. Anyway, um, I, I feel like this is a, a whole episode, but do a little bit of a dive into this, and it all sounds phenomenal because it's this idea that corporations are going to start being assigned a score based on their um, hmm. They're good deeds, for lack of a better term. Like, where do they stand on social issues? Where do they stand on environmental issues? Um, and as a result, if you as the consumer want to spend your hard money, hard-earned money with a corporation that has a good credit rating for their, yeah. you know, uh, wokeness score, and, and avoid ones that maybe have a lesser. Yeah. And th- that all sounds great. And if you go through them, like, how could you not agree with them? Like... You know, promoting environmental sustainability, supporting diversity hires, supporting, you know, non-exploitive labor. All these things sound great. Yeah. The problem is when you realize that this is effectively a credit rating score um, that means based on how you subscribe to a certain belief system or ideology is going to affect your company's ability to do business. And I was getting pitched because now, of course, when something comes like this, someone's like, how can I sell that to people? So (laughs) I was getting pitched by this consulting firm that's like, we'll help you integrate and raise your ESG score now while it's voluntary because soon it's going to be mandatory. Mm -hmm. You'll have to pay third-party companies to come in and score you Mm -hmm. so that then consumers can see what your score is. And your score is determined is essentially how much you believe in a number of ideals. Yep. Um. And that's fine and dandy while some of them sound nice, but just there's just something very tyrannical about um, having to go along with a belief system because if you don't, you will be punished financially, your ability to borrow, mm-hmm. right? Your ability to get investors. And, you know, it, it's kind of a reward punishment system based on virtue signaling 
which I think is very oppressive. I think it's because then also you have to require your employees to to subscribe to these things. So if you see now, um, even a, a really common one is how people sign off on their email signatures. You know, corporations are starting to require people to pronouns to use their pronouns. Yeah, and you know, treating you know using someone's proper pronoun is certainly something I wholeheartedly agree with. But requiring your employee to put their pronoun in their signature because you want to get a higher score to then get better credit rating, you know, and sponsoring certain events and feeling a certain way, for example, petroleum products or. You know, then you bring in different faiths and, and their belief systems. And the iron, irony is they say they want a diverse workforce. But it's like, no, no, you want everyone in the workforce to be the exact same. And again, yeah. believing in those things is one thing, right? But being required to believe in them rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And so if you haven't heard about ESG, you're going to hear a lot about it. Yeah. And it is going to start with corporations, and they're going to find a way to leverage it. This is why you'll see a lot of corporations sponsoring events that maybe they hadn't in the past because yep. it looks good on their brand and gets them a higher score. That's nice. And then they will get better boring ability based on that or worse. Um, it's only a matter of time before that trickles down to the individual. And there are already parts of the country where, you know, if you jaywalk, you can get facial recognition and you get a social credit ding, which could affect your ability to borrow in the future. China. All of these things, like the, this I don't know. I think it's an attack on individual freedoms. And in the pitch that I was given, they even said the purpose of your company, the purpose of a company is no longer decided by the company. Saying that as if it was a good thing, right? Like it's, it's decided by the stakeholders. I mean, the people that invest and the people that buy your products, they get to decide what you as a corporation subscribe to in terms of your beliefs. And I just think even if- trying to think what movie it is, but there's just like everything's so controlled and everything is like set standard and it ends up going to the point where it's just, it's just a few massive corporations that can really meet all of their requirements. But not only that, like launches everything, but like you're saying, and you lose your freedoms within that. And then there's these corporations that then assign these credit ratings. So you have to pay these other corporations to rate you. Um, what if those belief systems change? Like right now, who determines what they are? Who determines what they are? Yeah. You know, and I go through them like, yeah, these all sound great, you know, but some of them I kind of think, well, that's a bit of a gray area. I don't necessarily believe in that. It's like, no, no, if you want the best credit rating. So ESG, man, like, and any of those who you worked in a uh, maybe traditional white collar uh, business structure, you are going to start hearing all about that. And it's going to be sold with roses and sunshine. And isn't this all what we want anyway? But at first it'll mandating yeah. what you need to believe in and what you need to express and convey and signal out there and then requiring all your employees to do it on an individual basis, I think is really a slippery slope, man. That's my rant. <laughs> so Google it. Don't Google it. Look up care. ESG and banana pieces and see which one resonates more. No, I um yeah, wow. That's, I wasn't I planning to talk about this, so I don't know if any of that made any sense. No, let's do an ESG one. I haven't done much research on it, but I'm now completely sketched out because I, I think that's a little bit nuts, and it's just like a continued control thing. And I mean, they've they've put other systems in place about ratings and requirements for corporations to do, but this is getting to be, like you said, it's kind of an infringement just on your general freedom, and not to sound like one of those people that's just like screaming about, like, I want my freedoms and I know my rights, but like 
there's a certain level, like you said, like some people now they're going to have to do certain things like that, whether it be like as simple as a pronoun in your email, which doesn't really impact anyone No, nope. to have to do it. And I think but, everyone should do what they feel comfortable with and should be, re- should should be, be communicated to, with in a respectful exactly. way. But to mandate that someone does that yeah, um, and then potentially have your business impacted negatively if you don't operate and subscribe to a certain credit system, I don't know, man. I, I just think it's a slippery slope. Um, I think it ultimately also turns people against certain things like this. Like I think totally. If you if you if you like if you believe that petroleum based products have a role in our future, that's going to hurt your rating on this thing. Yeah. Right. Um, as, as one example, if you you know hiring policies like that, those are always up for debate. How I'm way more concerned that? on who who's involved in creating the things that are going to be considered required. Like. Yeah. Who knows enough and understands enough or even what panel totally. can make a decision on that? Because I think like a lot of these items, there's a certain level of ignorance that you just can't not have. Like no person or board can know enough to be able to make a decision on some of these items. Like they're just so big well, that this they're, is they're be, bigger than, yeah. than a little pan, a panel can come up with and then, and then enforce upon thousands, if not tens or hundreds of thousands of people that work at these corporations. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be millions of people because it's international. It's going right? to boil out, yeah. But it's going to be lobby groups. Who create, you know, or, or lobby That's the thing, these and they're going to lobby the panels, administrative to do panels who decide these things and who assign these scores, and it's going to go with the flow of the time. Like, all right, well, what, you know, what do we want to support this week? Metaverse, right? And then how do you go the other? Way? <laughs> I don't know. Um, again, this was totally off topic. I just think it's really interesting as someone who is. These like, are some I, big I, topics to think about. Yeah, if you're driving right now, just well, please. for example. Do you think being a landlord, and say we got to the point where a future oh credit rating thing determined, you know, your quality as an individual and then your ability to borrow money or invest money or be hired, um, you know, what if you were a landlord at one point in time and like that was viewed negatively? Like if we had to take a survey right now and assign social credit ratings in the city of Halifax, you know, how I'm, would people assign us? I'm always, I think about that a lot. I'm like, I guarantee you they're going to be able to get to a point where they can see, because everything's on the internet now. And so like all the crap that people are saying on Instagram and Facebook, uh, even sometimes browsing histories, all that kind of stuff. At some point, I'm like, that's going to come back to bite people, I think. It's going to be corporate cancel culture, which will slowly infiltrate its way down to individual cancel culture. Yeah. Right. It's and then and but man, I'm sitting in this group of like how many dozens of people and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this all sounds great. And ladies like, and I'll waive my consultation fee. I'll set you up for free. like, and you should do this now because soon you're going to be required to do it. So you might as well do it now voluntarily. Yeah, Anytime someone curve. says like, just do it now while it's voluntarily voluntary because later you're just going to have to do it. I'm like, does anyone else not think this sounds Sketch. good? Like this sounds bad. Um, but it's, 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 you can't, this is the thing. You can't be, you can't be against it because no, then you get canceled late. And if you, totally. it, it, then it can get misperceived. You're like, look, I don't agree with it for this. And like, oh, well, you hate exactly. this certain type of person or you hate this culture. And you're like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that I don't necessarily agree with the fact that we necessarily have to report on our beliefs or feelings and then also run our company and make everyone that works for us feel yeah. the same way. Exactly. There's a difference between, like I said, all them. I'm like, I agree with most of these and I would choose to run my business in this way and live my life in this way. But do I think it's fair that if I hired someone, I would have to make them do that? And do I think it's fair that my boring ability would be based on that, right? Um, I'm even seeing this on a yeah. super like small, like physical scale. I'll say is the vaccination stuff. Um, some of my employees, and I'm seeing this with other companies that sometimes are struggling with. Some people don't necessarily believe in the vaccinations, 
and now they're forfeiting their jobs uh, to have to go on with that. And I understand it's a little bit more physical, whatever, but it's yep. like the same concept on a much, I think it's a little easier to, to grasp concept versus like saying mm-hmm. like a certain belief, but this, it's for some people, it's their belief to not have it. Um, totally. And that's a case where, yeah, like that's a really tangible one and, and people think it's short term and we think it's immediate health concern. Um, it's less abstract than like, no, no, what you believe. Exactly. Like, not like what you think for your individual physical health. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, we live in this world now where there's going to be some sort of... This is stuff they do in China. This is the stuff that they do in China. I, I don't know, man. I, I've never been to China, so I can't speak to that. But I, I think it's it's increasingly what's going on in the Western world. But okay. We completely went way off path there. I know. This Those are some interesting topics. We're now already near the end of this. Um, and we're going to end up having to drag this into another episode. Uh, both ESG is going to be a separate episode. Um, the market crash when it takes place. We'll have an episode about that. And we'll. I'm probably going to wear like a fedora and talk about how I was right. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, we want to talk about what we, our topic was today. It was getting together your first 10 grand or right. your first down payment. Yeah. We're going to browse through it a little bit today. I think get people started on that, maybe get some feedback and then we'll also revisit it again. Cause we obviously uh, have ran over time a little bit with, with our other topics. Um, I love this topic. I think we can hammer through a lot of this right off the bat. Yeah. So we have, again, labeled as making your first 10 grand. And the reason we did this is I think a lot of people have asked us just kind of how to get together their first down payment. And that's becoming a lot more relevant as prices continue to, to increase. Uh, and you'll find sometimes linear saving isn't necessarily the only the way to do it because you can't necessarily keep up with how quickly inflation is taking place no. uh, or yeah. how appreciation on the asset that you're trying to acquire, whether it be starting a business or buying a house, uh, is is, incro- is growing. Um, so, I mean, yeah, with that being said, the, the first line item that we have on here, which I just already knocked, was saving from your current income. Um, so, obviously, you can save whatever you can if you're already making more than what you're spending. But then, additionally, it's reviewing your expenses. Um, this is something that I think is so important and it's so easy to let get out of hand, um, which just like, especially nowadays, everything is a subscription service. So, every single thing is subscribe to this, even like mm-hmm. TV now, you speak, you just subscribe to Netflix, but now everyone's got one. Like it's Amazon, Netflix, Disney, HBO, like everyone's got one. So sometimes it's worth thinking, okay, hold the phone here. Like, like I find a lot of people don't use Netflix as much uh, sometimes uh, as they used to, because there's all yeah. the other ones that they have their, their preferred show on. And we got prime the other day. It's like, ne- yeah. see you later, Netflix. This is the, and this is the yeah. thing. So maybe you go, Oh, you know what? I watch one. I watched one movie on there and I've paid for three months. So that's, I paid 30 bucks. I could yeah. have just rented that movie for two ninety nine or five ninety nine, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so there's items like that. The other thing that I think, like this, is one that I say is uh, important that I see a lot is like packing a lunch, packing a lunch, cooking at home. Those ones can add up so fast. Like you don't realize until you like. I think if you add up all your restaurant expenditures at the end of the month, um, that one gets out of hand so 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 quick. And I know the packing lunch one can be tough because a lot of times you don't necessarily get it done in the evening and then in the morning you're maybe in a bit of a rush to get to work so you don't get an opportunity to do so. Um, but packing a lunch and making a coffee at home, like those couple things can save you five, six bucks a day, which isn't huge, but that's a couple hundred dollars a month. Can I backtrack for a second? Yeah. Um, because I'm worried some people are going to listen to this and be like, you know, these are just like, oh, pack a lunch and like all these. I think what we're saying is do a deep audit of your yes. monthly expenses. Yeah. And I, I had this thing sort of if... Um, cause we talked about this before, like, gosh, what would you do for your first thousand bucks? What would you do if you could only have this much money? Yeah. The first thing is to understand why, Yeah. like, why do I, 
why am I struggling to reach $10,000? True. Right? It, it, you need to audit that. And that means, you know, we're really fortunate because you can get a, everyone pays with credit now. Yeah. Right? So I've been in this situation. We talked about, man, the early days grinding, starting out. Yeah. Man, we're very fortunate now. It's It's been good for a few years now. Yeah. The early days, man, between having all these properties and mortgages and expenses and renovations, like you were moving money around just to stay afloat. Yeah. And there were routine times where I would go through and and audit my monthly expenses and be like, oh my gosh, I'm paying for this fax to email service still. Yeah. And it's $15 a month yeah. that I forgot about. Yeah. I subscribe to Audible at $10 a month and I've never gotten an audiobook. Right? Like <laughs> we're it, it's so easy yeah. to click on these things and then Free lose trial. track of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my my Eastlink um, bundle expired and I went from 99 bucks a month to 250. Yeah. Right. So the first thing to do is to audit your expenses. Because yeah. you go through there and you have to write those numbers out like, oh my gosh, like I spent how much money on skip the dishes last month? Yeah. Right. Take accountability for what you're actually spending on. So audit it aggressively and figure out what changes. Like it may be a situation where, man, you need to get a roommate. hundred percent. You know, you need to change what you're doing for your commuting. You need to like do things like less coffee, you know, pack a lunch, all yeah. these things. But on plan, call them. I bet you, you can get it down 30, 40 bucks. This a month. is what I would do when I would have these situations. I would call in, I'd say Eastlink, like, Hey, you know, I want these things included free. Yeah. I would call Eastlink and it's like, Oh yeah, actually our plans changed six months ago, but we never told you, but you can actually save you this. And I would hack those suckers down. But the problem is, and we talked about this before, marginal propensity to consume or spent, which yeah. means no matter what you have, you'll somehow end up with the same amount left in your bank account. Right. So what you need to do once you've shifted this and say you shift off 300 bucks a month. Yeah. You have to pay yourself first. Yeah. So right? say you got to actually assign having money put away. They got apps now and different investing softwares that will automatically pull the money out of your account. Yeah. That's a really slick one because then at the end of the month, you're still your money's already coming out. And mm-hmm. you just kind of use, okay, every week it pulls 50 bucks out. Yeah, pull and, it and send it over to an account that you don't have plastic access to. Yeah. An account that you have to go to the bank and take the money out. Well, right. I mean, everyone's got the internet now, mate. But, but, yeah. No, man, you can still get accounts that are not tied to your currency. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you smart Alec. Um, you know, people, because what you will find is once you've paid yourself first, you budget the rest off of that. It's amazing how that works. You've got to pay yourself first. After you audit, cut back things, then pay yourself first. You should be checking your statements every month too because the other thing that I'm seeing that's crazy is fraud. The amount of like just getting slipped in there, like one or two transactions that you're like, wait a second. Man, every time I go to the bank, because I still bank at the teller. I love banking at the teller. <laughs> There's always like this little old lady in front of me being like, I got charged twice for this thing and I don't even know what it is. <laughs> and they're there like, I can't help you. And she's like, I called them and they said to talk to you. And I'm like, oh my God, man, I'm here. You're like 20 minutes trying to bank, get a bank draft. But it's legit. Like you look in there, you're it's like, oh my God, I, I can't believe I'm Very, very common. Especially in some of the times it's, it's an accident. Like you, like a lot of electronic online payments, even if you accidentally click like review and pay twice on like a website that you're checking out on, it'll literally sometimes run the transaction twice. So there's that aspect. And then the fraud thing, I cannot believe how many people I've heard and or I've had it happen to me a few times now where I'm just getting like random order for $300 of pizza in Ontario and it's, I don't know, I must have put it in on a forum on some website yeah, online. Like, how drunk was I last night? Yeah. <laughs> I go to Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I, I debated for a second and I'm like, hmm. But no, but in all seriousness, so checking, like you said, doing a deep audit is extremely important to be able to get, figure out what you're spending on your monthlies, uh, even on your annuals, um, reviewing any of the monthly plans that you're on that you really require. There's probably a good option to make a switch to bring it down in price because they're all designed like phone plans. You're paying $99.99 and it includes a phone. 
when your renewal comes, they don't drop the price yeah. and you still never, you're still using your old phone. Yeah. 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 Like, exactly. So there's so much stuff like that. The um, problem is once you get rid of those expenses, put that money away, you got to put it away because otherwise people are like, I did all these things. I still don't have any more money. It's because yeah. you spent it. If you have it, you will spend it. Yeah. So you need to then pay yourself first. The problem is say that goes great. What are you saving? 500 bucks a month, right? That's six grand. It's six grand in the course of, of a year. Yeah. Right. How can we expedite that? That that is that's cutting expenses. Yeah. Right. And setting up a, a pay yourself thing. Right. Maybe you're now going to pay four hundred dollars into five hundred dollars into yourself. I'm a big person on this now. Like you like you're about to say and now. So you've made the savings, but you got to increase the income. Yeah. Like I think that I'm so big on that. Like it's you can you can spend all the time trying to cut down your savings. It can kind of become a vicious cycle too, to the point where you start not necessarily being able to enjoy what you're doing and it becomes stressful where you literally can't even go out and enjoy yourself because mm-hmm. you're so hell bent on saving. Uh, so then this is the next thing where you need to start looking at options to increase your income. Um, and I think again, same thing, starting small, uh, is really important with what you're doing. Cause I think a lot of people think like, Oh, I need to do something like kind of big or like, Oh, it's not worth doing that. Um, and so I don't know, I have a ton of different little ideas that I've written down on, on options on what you can do. Um, but, it's kind of understanding where your free time lies. And I think if you have an interest in something that you're going to do, it makes it a lot easier. Um, but it doesn't need to be massive. Again, everyone thinks like, okay, I need to make $3,000 a month. Start with something small. If you're making a couple hundred bucks a month and you're saving a couple hundred bucks a month, okay, now you're adding $500 on and you're saving $500, thousand bucks. You got 12 grand in a year. Yeah. Plus whatever you could originally be able to save. Yeah. Good chance you might be able to put together a down payment within your first 12 to 18 months. So if you need a thousand bucks right now, what would you do? Me, honestly? I'd be flipping furniture in Kijiji. I've honestly never done it, so I can't speak to it too much, but I see, first of all, I'm going to buy furniture right now, and everything is hellish expensive, huge wait list. Um, and additionally, there's a big desire, I think, now for a lot of like wood stuff again, which they used to have. Um, and I know people that do do it, and it's crazy the numbers. Like They'll buy an old dresser off Kijiji, and they'll take all the hardware off, sand it up, stain it, and put new hardware on from Home Depot, spend like... 40 bucks and a day's labor on a Saturday and they paid $50 for the dresser and they turn around and sell it for like three, 400 bucks mm-hmm. and it, it, no issue selling it. So like, okay, I just made two, $300 on a single day on the weekend. So even if it took you six hours, I'm like, okay, well you just made 30, 40 bucks an hour doing that. Uh, and that's a small way to get your first, like that's what if again, if you're working with a limited budget, you don't necessarily have 10 grand aside. Once you get a bit more, like I said, I'm a huge person for flipping vehicles. I think that's, this that is what it gets great. back to. We talked about this before, like, it's a grind, man. It's like, how bad do you want? People are like, oh, this guy's telling me to take home, use furniture, sand it down, paint. Like, what's going on? It's like, well, how bad do you want it in this moment? And maybe this episode, the, these little things aren't for everyone. But the no. people out there like who have you know, zero cash and are trying to save towards a down payment, first yeah. thing I would do is I'd raid my closet. I'd raid my closet. Oh, yeah, that's a big one for I'd a lot of people. raid my wife's closet, and then I'd go over to my parents' <laughs> house. I would raid their closet, and I would raid the closet of my old stuff at my parents' house. And yeah. I would liquidate it all, man. We are in a, such a consumer culture that everyone, I guarantee you, I could walk through anyone's apartment, apartment right now and find a thousand bucks. Easily. Oh, yeah. Right? Like old electronics, like, man. You really need all those, those vinyl, like you really need all those sneakers. Like I've got, man, we had old to like cell phones. These are a couple, like, is it grand or two grand to buy anyone a new one? Key, anyone that needs money, sell me a black. I say, if you need old um, cell phones, sell them channel. <laughs> like I used to, I used to like sneakers, right? Like I have yeah, a lot yeah, of sneakers. Um, and, you know, all of these collectibles have really come back in vogue, be it sneakers, be it card collections, whatever, all this stuff. 
there's a big market for it if you're willing to put the time in. So even if I needed to like turn and burn all of my Jordans and whatever at 75 bucks a pop, yeah. right? Boom, a thousand bucks, Yeah, right? What's over at my parents' house? That my mom's saving like, well, just in case you ever need your old snowboard, yeah. right? Like <laughs> 50 bucks, Yeah, old golf, like there's all this stuff. Yeah, You know, what's, you know, someone's junk is another person's treasure. It's true. And there's so many ways now to get these to people. Facebook marketplace, like you don't have to have a yard sale and give everything away for five bucks anymore. No, exactly. Right? If, like, you, if anything collectible, like you just mentioned there, collectible is now there's sites for all that stuff. Totally. And you can instantly value it. And you may be surprised. I did that with an old pair of shoes. I got a thousand bucks for an old pair of shoes. Uh, and it was the same thing. I put it on there. It was StockX. Some pervert on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But like you put it on StockX and then you send it to them. They they validated it and then they sent, sent it to the seller. But I mean, we're going to, again, we're kind of short on time today because I got to run to an appointment. But the next thing I think we're going to talk about, and we'll start, start our next episode with this, is your gig jobs. The other option is nowadays, like there's Uber, Uber Eats. There's a million of these things. There's Instacart. Um, there is money to be made on those. Uh, they're not super fun and they're not high margin. But again, if you already have a full-time job and you're not really interested in hunting online for stuff and you're more of a person that likes to physically do actions and you're like, I can't take on another like demolition job, let's just say, you could do a little bit of Uber Eats or a little bit of driving. I know a lot of people that will say just Uber drive Friday from like 10 till two. And they're like, it is insane because everyone's coming out of the bars. So your margins are psycho. So it's Mm -hmm. not their full-time gig, but I've met a ton of people at those times that are like students or they already have full-time jobs. And they're like, I come here because I'm making like a hundred bucks an hour for four hours. And so it's not their full-time gig. They don't need the money, but it's money. There's no restaurants that can find staff right now. Pick up a couple shifts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just play money in those periods. But we'll, we'll get into all those. There's a ton of other things like selling products online, ordering countertops from Alibaba and selling them to Chandler. Seriously, man. There's a ton of things to there do. There really is. It's a question of how bad do you want it. Like if you actually want to accumulate this in a short period of time, it is doable. But before you think about that, look up ESG and go to your local superstore <laughs> and look at the shelves and then just think about it for a sec. And I would love for some people to send us some messages. There's lots of you guys that are. Again, appreciate it. I think both Chandler, myself, Tanner, we're all getting messages uh, of people supporting and giving us recommendations. Um, but yeah, can continue doing so. And if you have some feedback on some of the stuff that we've said, or if there is something, like I'd love to hear some people's thoughts on what's going on with interest rates, what's going on with inflation, why are we seeing these shortages on the shelves, and how is this going to pan out? Like, is this just yeah. all going to be fixed in the next two months? Yeah, or? I mean, this isn't our area necessarily of expertise, right? So no. I'd be curious to see what some people out there are figuring yeah. out the pulse of the import-export and what's going on. Exactly. So. Thanks for listening today. All right, we're wrapping it up. Sorry, way to go a little short. <laughs> I'm on a tight timeline today. <laughs> this is a but. winding trail we went on today, but thanks exactly. for listening. Uh, please share the podcast, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, and we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a rating and send us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Master Keys Podcast. See you next week. When, 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 when I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh. When I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh.